Are you tired of people only telling you what you want to hear and not what you need to hear? Me too. I'm Lauren Lahav, and for the last 30 years, I've been blessed to speak to thousands of people around the world and share the stage with some of the world's biggest thought leaders. The Get Real podcast is my way of breaking down the BS of the filters of what we say and what we do. Real life, real issues, real solutions. Trust me when I tell you, it wasn't always like that for me. And I'm excited to help you through sharing what has worked for me, but most importantly, what didn't work for me. In the world of political correctness and living our lives on social media, what is real? In my life, I always look to people who understand what I'm going through and are willing to be real with me to help me move through it. With this podcast, I want to be that person for you. Whether it's just us or I bring in one of my friends, I promise these episodes will make a difference in your life. So strap in, hang on tight, and let's get real. And now it's time to get into the podcast. Here's Lauren. Welcome to Get Real and Stay True. Man, do I want to do this one or not? I'm not sure. Okay, because you guys requested it. I mean, we got lots of requests for it, so I am ready to get real. I'm here to be interviewed by my daughter-in-law. I'm scared to know what you guys want to know, but she wants to interview me, and I guess you guys want her to interview me, so I'm here. I'm all yours. Let's do this. Hey, who's excited? I'm excited. Um, I love drilling you on questions and finding out what it really takes and what it looks like. And I'm sure everybody else will love the real deal of you and what it looks like behind the scenes. Obviously, I have been with your son for four and a bit years now. And so moving to Las Vegas and he was at work, I would spend all day, every day with you. And so I got to see what it really looks like behind the scenes. And I think that that's so valuable and it's helped me so much with my success of like really putting it to work. And okay, got it. Are you ready? Drum roll, please. Okay. First question is, so what drives you to get into action? What drives you to do all of the things that you do? I always think about who's that one person that maybe I can help. I really am always thinking about who is that one person that maybe needs me or um, the one thing that I might share. Like, I mean, these podcasts aren't perfect. I don't have like a producer for the show and, you know, it's not perfect, but I just am real. And I think, what if it just helps one person? Yeah. And I see that so much from you and it doesn't matter what it's going to give back to you. Like you're always just looking for how you can serve other people, whether it's beneficial for you or not, you're always going out of your way to make everybody happy and doing the best that they can. So I love that. I actually remembered that I have some questions from your Instagram. Like I asked people if they were at a coffee date with you, what would they ask you? So we could read some, some of those questions. So I have a question. Somebody asked you, how are you so good at coaching? <laughs> how am I so good at coaching? I think that one, I've been in the environment for a really long time and I've modeled people who are great at coaching. I have coaches in all different areas of my life. So I've learned a lot from them. 
And we always talk about, you know, being a great listener, I think is a big thing about coaching is it's not so much about what you say. It's what you hear from other people. So I'm always listening. You know, that's why God gave you two ears and one mouth. And most of coaching is actually listening. And um, yeah. Love it. Thank you for saying I'm a great coach. I feel like you're pretty kick-ass, man. You know, with regards to it, but I, you know, I'm always, I'm always looking to get better. I mean, when I go through situations, I'll call lots of friends of mine who are in the coaching um, world and I'll ask them for advice because I know that they've been through situations that maybe I haven't been through. And uh, yeah, just last week I asked a friend of mine some advice. Love it. Next question is, how do you manage to have a great career and manage your personal life with children and a husband? Um, I am really, I love block times. As you know, my time, my hunker down time is 10 to two. I rock and roll from 10 to two. I'm on that's when I'm doing my calls. That's when I'm, you know, really I'm sitting on at my desk and I've got my goggles, you know, that sit here at my desk and I get laser focused from 10 to two and I make it the morning. I make the priority that, you know, to, to take my kids to school. Well, now I only have to take one to school because the other ones are out of school and one's living with you. But um, I remember just this one friend of mine, she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that I have to take my daughter to school at 7 a.m. There's a school here that's, that high, high school starts at 7 a.m. And I'm like, yep, I remember. I've done that one. And I remember I was taking the kids to three different schools. Joss's started, I think, at 7.30. Another one started at 8. Another one started at 8.30. And I just remember like this. I remember telling myself this is – you know what? I'm going to figure this out now. Um, so I don't have any excuses for later. The other thing that is that my husband really helped me a lot with boundaries. And uh, I, I'm, I'm really good, like as I said, at block times and getting better at setting boundaries with regards to other, other things. Love it. So when it comes down to your morning routine, let's talk about that a little bit because I think that this is a huge thing for you and something that you talk about a lot and helps you in every area of your life. So what does your morning routine look like? Uh, my morning routine, whether it's whether I'm here in Las Vegas or I'm on the road, I'm really consistent with that. The first thing is that I make sure that the first thing that is to my right, because I sleep on the right side of the bed, the first thing to my right inspires me. And it might be, you know, like when I'm on the road, I have a picture of my family that I travel with and I make sure that that's sitting beside my bed and I have, you know, just a, a, a little candle that's there on the traveling candle to the right of my bed. And so I make sure I wake up and I, ha um, I have my cards there and I make sure that I pick a card every morning when I wake up. Then I look out and I like today I was on my Peloton bike, which is just three feet from my bed. I'm on my Peloton bike looking out over the at the red rocks and appreciating something in nature, which I love. And I just look and I'm like, oh, yes, thank you, God. It's a beautiful day, you know, to be alive. And I like got music on and I'm rocking and rolling. Then I go to the bathroom and in my bathroom, I have this beautiful um, poster that my friend Stephanie Jackson made me 50 things that she loves about me. And I get anchored into those 50 things. And I remember that. Um, and I really stay associated to that. Then I look at my manifestation boards is that I'm looking at right now on my wall. There's 20 on my wall right here in my office, but I look at my manifestation boards and think of like, who do I really need to become? 
I do my 40, 40 squats, my healthy hazels. And, and I say to myself, today is going to be the best day of my life again. So I get myself in this, in this state before I even freaking brush my teeth. Right. I mean, that's the first thing that I do. Um, and that's, so that's emotionally, I really get myself ready for the day. I love that. So many powerful, um, steps that you do that really get your mindset in the right place. So you, the queen of manifestation boards, like you said, you have 20 up on your wall, which we have to post another picture of. I think that that is the coolest thing ever. So one of the questions someone asked you on Instagram is what's on your vision board at the moment? What's something that's your vision board at the moment? That's a great question, Danielle. I love that. And it's so funny that somebody just texted me. Um, that was the text that came through that someone um, is having to make a tough decision today. And they sent me a picture of their um, I am card. And it said, just wanted you to know this is really helping me out today. That freaking lights me up, man. Like totally lights me up. Okay. So I'm looking at my current vision board and on my board right now, ah, it says D and Joss's wedding. It says Tenerife, which I just got back from Tenerife, so I need to give myself a little star on that one. It says to my my lease is just about up on my car, so it uh, it says to buy my next car cash. It says um, doing the NAC event, doing um, the year the Get Real podcast. I need to oh my gosh, I need to give myself a little stars on all these things that have happened. So far, ah, says fit, strong, and 120 pounds. So that's a big one for me. As you know, I divide mine up into quadrants. Going to do that manifestation class uh, that you guys will hear a little bit about. But I'm dividing them into those quadrants. So those are a couple of the things. Another is growing my podcast and growing my coaching group and doing more um, gigs. I'm working with the Speakers Bureau now. So yeah, that's, that's what I got, man, right there. Love it. Did you know that Joss and I now get Luna to pick an I am card every morning? Oh, <laughs> Luna is our dog for anyone listening who has no idea. Okay, we all I, pick need picture of that. I need a picture of her picking the card. Nice. <laughs> this morning she picked, I am loyal. I was like, yes, Luna, you are. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it. And I think it's cool to mention that every year on your birthday is when you do your manifestation board, right? That is true. That every year on my, that's when I do my first one. Um, and then I usually do about two a year um, because honestly, so much of it comes to fruition. It's freaking crazy. Like I'm looking at the one I did six months ago. And on there is to pay off one of our houses, which I did, which we did. I mean, I let, give it a date. Um, but to have the, the Courage to Raise a Gentleman book done, just boom, did that one. That dang 120 fit one's still on there. So that's the one I've got to get better. NAC events, did, and that's on there. Um, done. Let's see what else is on there. I'm looking... Oh, going to Poland. That one got done. Um, So yeah, so I've got like obviously the visuals, but I'm looking at my specific goals and how many that happens. So I'm like, oh my gosh, podcast, that's done. So I had to like, oh my God, because you know, I sealed the deal too, right? Like I 
I'll go and I'll take them and have them laminated. And uh, so, yeah, because of that, I had to start another one. And on there is, like I said, this is the one that I'm working on. So looks like almost all of these things are done. And I've got to start another one. Yay. Exciting. Crushing it. Okay. I have another question for you. So someone said, how did you, where you are today, what mindsets and habits did you have to adopt? Starting when? I think that it wasn't so easy growing up, um, I would say. Not so easy. Um, I think that, I hate to say this, but a big thing was using um, a word. I won't say the word. It was blank you, I'll show you. I think I was, a lot of people thought that they knew how my life was going to go. I'll, I'll never forget when I was a little girl and I wanted to do a walkathon. I mean, now there's marathons and now there's like Tough Mudders and all these things. And I wanted to raise money for it to do a walkathon. And someone said to me when I was a little girl, as I said, like 10 years old, someone goes, how are you going to do that? And I remember looking at them at 10 years old and saying one step at a time. And that's always been my driver when people say to me, like, how are you going to do that? Why are you going to do that? Why are you going to write a book? Why are you this and that? And I was kind of like, blank you, I'll show you. And not because I didn't appreciate those people, but more like, I'm like, wasn't about showing them. It was about showing me that I could do it, right? It was about proving to myself that I can make anything happen if I really got laser focused and did it. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty proud of the things. Lots of times people, I, 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 once again, uh, you know, I, I love to listen to podcasts as well and read books. I mean, I've got gazillions of books here. And I look, I'm like, have I actually read those books? And, you know, 80, 85% of them I've read. But I, I don't know if it's read, read or read through them and gotten a couple highlights from each one of them. But I think what drives me is just like getting it done. I love, I'm a, I think there's a lot of people that are great starters, but not great finishers. And I love being a great finisher. I love to just like, boom, have it finish, right? And so lots of times it's not so perfect. I learn from a lot of things, but, I'm, but I love to finish. Yeah, I love that. And I think one thing that I see from you is that you always show up regardless of it being perfect or not. Like your whole mission is like, let's just do it. Let's, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll put it into action and we'll make it happen regardless of whatever else is thrown at us. And sometimes that frustrates people, honestly. Sometimes the people that are perfectionists or have a lot of rules of how things are supposed to be, um, they don't, I don't, I don't really drive with them sometimes. And that's okay, right? Like, that's okay. I'm not, like, making them wrong or anything, but I'm pretty, it's pretty obvious of who I am. So if you go, oh, my gosh, like, you, this and that, I'm like, girl, like, or boy, you know, like, you know who I am. It's pretty freaking obvious. So don't be blaming something that maybe like, because it's very, very clear. Like someone says that um, I'm, I'm the squirrel, right? I say I ate the squirrel lots of times, but I do, when it's time to hunker down, I hunker down, right? And so that leads me on to my next question. And kind of, you've kind of already answered it, but if you have any more insight on this, I think that'd be really awesome. I think this is a question that you get asked a lot, a lot, a lot. I hear people ask you all the time. It's like, how do you get it all done? Like, how do you seriously get it all done? You're doing your podcast. You have several businesses. You're speaking. You're traveling. Your family, and like, you have everything going on. How do you seriously get it all done? 
I really look, I'm looking right now at my calendar for the month of September and I have times like that I'll hunker down on certain projects each week, right? Like last week I was working on a project which was really more of a media kit to pass on to people. You saw that. Um, and that was like, that was a lot of focus on top of the calls that I have non-negotiable calls and meetings that I do every week. So once again, I'm really big on block times um, for myself. And I, I, I'm more of looking at things at a glance and what are the things I need to focus on, put more attention to like right now. Um, I also really maximize my resources. Like I, like I shared that I, there's a girl right now who I've got, who, you know, I'm hiring her just by a project and all she's doing is getting everything ready for um, a trip that I have to do to Austin. So I'm having her just kind of own that project. So I'll have her as a project manager for that. Um, there's another kid that he wants some work to do right now as he finishes up school. So I'm having him work on all the house projects. So I don't get distracted and I focus on what I need to focus on that's, that's using my best time. I also look at what is my time worth to me, right? Like how much an hour is your time worth? And I'd rather pay those people what they're asking to get paid than and think about what my time is worth. I love that. I learned all about that when I went on uh, Shani's retreat last year on like figuring out, okay, this is how much money you make per month and then dividing that by the hours in a month and then you'll know what your hourly rate is. So then you can decide, okay, is it worth me to do the cleaning or is it better for me to hire a cleaner? Which one is going to be better for me? And also I think what one thing for you, Lauren, is like you don't do things that you don't enjoy. Like you do the things that you enjoy and that keeps you in a positive state and keeps you in a better mood. And then you can outsource the things that you that are going to get you distracted. Yeah, absolutely. Like I do not want to paint. <laughs> that everybody knows I'm a really bad painter, right? Like with regards to it and... <laughs> right or I don't want to do I don't know there's a lot of things that I just don't and it's not that I even just it's like where is my time better spent right Mm -hmm. someone tried to get me to outsource picking up I hired a business coach for a while um and I I tried them because a bunch of people had recommended um but they said you need to outsource picking up Asher and I'm like okay and so I tried it for a couple weeks I'm like I don't like this I don't like, no, I want to go pick up. I want to hear about her day. I want to do that. Screw it. Like that's a meeting that I'm going to be in every day from 3.05 to, you know, 3.45. I want to be with her. She's going to grow up and she's going to, you know, um, move on and it happens so quickly. And so I'm like, no, I don't like that one. Right. That's worth, that's worth, you know, my hourly rate, if you would. Yeah. And like, that's the privilege of being self-employed. It's like you can decide whether you're going to work from four till five or you're going to work from three till four. Like you can decide which hours you want to put in. So I love that. Um, What made you create your I am cards? So your I am cards are going global, right? They're all over the world now. They're an incredible product. If you haven't seen them, check them out on Lauren's website. I'm going to plug them for you because I know that you won't plug them yourself. So definitely check them out. They're incredible. Me and Joss, we pick them every single morning. We have a dog picking one now. Like we have all of our friends pick them when they come over. We pick one for our month, for our week, and then for our day. 
Um, I'd love to see and what that brings. And it's crazy to see how, when you do pick your card, how it's always what you need to hear, right? So why did you decide to create the I Am cards and why did that come from? Oh, that's so funny. Um, I, I, for the past, gosh, I'll be 54 in November and probably for the past 30 years, I've always done my I am statements. I'm loving, I'm honest, I'm passionate, I'm passionate, I'm kick-ass, I'm full of faith, I'm God's girl, I'm too married, I'm a sexy salsa dancer. I've always done those I am statements. I've written them in my planner. And uh, and people, have, like, they know me as that. Like, even when I do presentations, I talk about, you know, what you say to yourself is the most important thing. And then nobody can take away from you unless you give it to them. And one day there was a friend of mine. She said, she had heard me, I think, do something on Facebook about, about just talking about my I am statements. And she said, I can't tell you how much it helped help her when she was going through cancer treatments. And I was like, you know what, man, I need to create just some cards. I need to do this now. And I was like, Oh my God. Like I looked into the cost to have it designed and printing and writing them. And cause I had the words, but then I had to come up with the, you know, the sentences and I'm like, Oh my God, what are people going to think? You know, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, ah, screw it, just do it. So I'm very much like, again, I'm very fire aim ready. And I took a big breath. I'm like, okay, well, I'll do them. And if they don't sell, then I'll just give them to everybody for Christmas, right? <laughs> and I decided, and then I was like, oh my God. And then I put them on my credit card, the cost for the designer and the cost for the cards and the cost for, I mean, it was a lot. Customs, and then so much. And um, but I'm like, I'm just going to do it. And I am so grateful and to, to, I took that step. You know, the last thing was that, as you know, the project I just finished up that I've had, the lady's like, we have to change the copyright form because it's been four years that you've been talking about this one, is that we just created an I am um, planner for 2020. And so it's got the cards, you know, for a week at a time in there as well. So, Yay, amazing. I'm excited to use that. You are the master of the planner, so I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Um, so with your I Am cards, which card did you pick this morning? I Am Fearless. Oh, did you know that's what Joss picked this morning? <laughs> no. That's what Joss picked. That's crazy. I picked I Am Laser Focused. Wow, look at you. Yeah. And I we know. know it. Like, we know that those are the ones. I mean, and... Um, yeah, and I, that just, and it's funny because I don't know about you, but I like walk out with this state, like in this state of like, when I pick that card, I'm like, yes, like that one's like, I got it. And like some, some might be like, I am hope. And I walk out on, honestly in a different state when I pick that. Yeah. And it's almost like it becomes a magnet of what shows up in your life. You know, what I'd love for you to talk about is how you get yourself into that confidence state so you talk a lot with people about you know stand tall stand proud and feel good about yourself and how that reflects into your actions your relationships your life like how important it is to relax your shoulders put your shoulders back stand tall and all of that stuff and how that helps you well I think you know one if, if I look at like with regards to especially being home right now it's important for me for that Asher's just started a new school and it's hard going into middle school. I think a new school with regards to, you know, being a new girl in, in, in that new environment. So when she walks out the door, I'll say to her, stand tall, stand proud. 
And I'm like, come on, we got this. And together, Asher and I, we go out there and we're like, we'll rock out the door and like stand tall, stand proud. We got this. And I'm not just doing it for me. I'm doing it for her too. And uh, we walk out and she goes, you know, she shows up um, at school confident and we high five each other and head on out the door. I mean, head on out, you know, to start our day. So I, it's kind of like my rocket fuel, I would say. It's that premium fuel putting in every day. Yeah, I use it all the time as well. Like if you're walking on stage or if you're about to do a call or if you're doing something that you're nervous about or something's coming up for you and you feeling unsteady about that, just stand tall, stand proud. Like I always have you in my ear, like stand tall, stand proud. <laughs> Lauren's telling me. I love that. I love that I'm in your ear, right? And I yeah. love even for Asher. You know, I hope that when she's at school and girls are being girls, um, Sometimes that, you know, that when that, that, that I'm anchored in her head, like stand tall, stand proud. You got this sister, right? Whatever that it is. Love that. So let's ask two questions, two last questions. So I have a question here. This is a funny question. <laughs> Are you ready? How's your life as a famous person? <laughs> Someone asked you that on Instagram. How's your life as a famous person? <laughs> If you can't already tell, Lauren and I love to keep business fun. We always say, if you're not having fun, then get out. Basically, <laughs> you have to have fun. You know, I, I gotta tell you something. I I really respect people um, who have grown. You know, like celebrities, artists. Um, you know, whoever somebody who's out there in the public eye, because. Um, it, you know, I, I, I think I'm one of those people that I really care. I really give a shit about people. And um, so I'm always trying to do my very best. And, you know, it's kind of like we always talk about when somebody, when you're at an event and people fill out comment sheets and 99% of the comment sheets are great. And then there's one person that says something negative. You know, it hurts. And when you, when you actually care, it hurts a lot. And um, I, I just want people, uh, you know, I have to always remember, you know, my intention is always good. My intention is, is always to serve on the highest level. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think that I, I'm, I'm grateful to be able to reach more people. I feel like I've just gotten started. I don't do things for my ego. I don't need that for my ego. I do it because I just, I just think that maybe in some way that I can help in some small way. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's what I would say. I don't, I don't consider myself famous. Um, but I feel that, you know, one, I have to keep my standards high because people are always watching, um, and not just for them, but for me too, you know, it causes me to, to be more mindful of everything that I do when I'm out there. Um, but I also really now, I think, um, am a little bit more, what would I say? Um, my inner, my, my circle is a lot smaller um, with regards to my really, really, really close friends and just valuing the time more with my family and those, those friends. Like I just had a friend today. She texted, she goes, Hey, can I just come see you? Um, she wants to come from San Diego and just come for a day and hang out. We've been friends for 30 years. You know, my, my roommate from my freshman year of college, 
I just reconnected with her after, I mean, 35 years ago. She was wondering, do you think, of, I mean, think about the relationship that we created in nine months. I mean, the freshman year of college is only nine months and just all the magic moments that we had. So I think that lots of times you have to reevaluate too um, about those people that you bring into your really, really inner, in your, you know, into your closest space. Um, and then those people that are really acquaintances. That's a long answer for it. No, it's true. And one thing that I admire about you, Lauren, is that you really treat every person as equal. And whether it's your Uber driver or a, a really famous person who you get to meet, like you treat everybody the same. Like you're curious. You don't get in your Uber with an attitude of like, I'm the important one here. Like you're always asking people like, what, how, like, where are you from? Like, what are you doing? Like, how long have you been driving for Uber? Like, you're such a curious person. And like, I think that that's such an incredible trait to have of like, everybody is a human being. Everybody has their own story, right? And we're all, I love how you say it. We all have our own Everest of like things that we're trying to overcome and things that are going on in our life that we don't realize. And it's important for us all to take time to um, just connect with other people, whether they're, you know, rich and famous or they're just living their life and so I love that you do that in everyday life um last question to end out is is it really worth it is putting in the work the effort the time the commitment is it all worth it hell yeah the answer is hell yeah you know um hell yeah that's all that I would say and some things I don't even I don't even know about hopefully like you know like I said I've taken more risks um every day right like finishing up the book uh, and it's like a financial effort or time effort but what if one what if one one kid you know learned something from that book from their parents or what and then that yeah and then they become the gentleman that opens the door for someone that changes someone day someone's day or helps them put their luggage up above that they normally wouldn't do so you never know what you say, what you do, of how it's going to affect somebody. So, of course, it's worth it. Absolutely. Can you share that end by sharing the story of the guy in Target with your book? Oh, my God. That's a long story. But well, like, um, well I like it's a do you want just the short bit of it or the long yeah. bit? Well, the the... The bit about um, the book was that my book, The Greatest Love, it originally, it originally was called No Greater Love. I wrote the book when I started writing the book when I was pregnant with Joss. And everybody kept saying there was no way that I was going to be a great mom and be able to travel as much as I was doing. And I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. What's going to make me a great mom is going to make me great in everything else that I do. So I started writing the book. And, you know, back then, not your everyday person was writing a book unless you were a celebrity or something else. And... Anyway, I started writing the book. Someone said to me, what are you doing writing a book? And once again, I went back to, I'll show you. So I started writing the book. I focused on it for about 15 minutes every night after everybody would go to sleep. Wrote the book, did a manifestation board for it. It's really what I discussed in the, the class. And I did the book. The book was picked up by a major publisher. So it goes on and on and on and on. If you want to know more about it, you can, uh, I'll talk about it on because it's more like a 20-minute talk. But the bottom line was that the book sold, and then I got a call from the Ronald McDonald home in Portland, Oregon, and they said, we want to buy 175 of your books. 
And this was many years afterwards, probably 10 years afterwards. And everybody's like, oh, Lauren, don't redo it. You know, you're going to have to redo the book. You're going to have to re-edit it. You're going to have to make all of these changes. And all these people were saying, no, don't do it. And there was one person that said, yes, let's do it. And that was my mom. She says, let's do it. And so I'm like, all right. And once again, I knew it was going to be a lot of work. Like we said, finding a new photographer, re-editing, rewriting parts of the book, blah, blah, blah. It was going to take a lot of work. And I, and I was like, I wasn't in this new mommy stage. And then God divided, decided to intervene and I got pregnant, right? Like when I was writing the book, cover my, the book, actually, I'm pregnant with Asher. And um, so anyway, in the second, the second edition, when I rewrote the book, and then a couple of days later, this girl named Sarah, she goes, oh my gosh, I got your book into Target. I'm like, what does that mean? She goes, it means that you're going to have to get them, you know, 30,000 books. I'm like, what, is, what does that mean? She goes, well, you're going to have to go and go visit the place and get it, you know, go visit the, the place where it's being printed. And that was in China. And I was like, how the hell am I going to go to China? You know, and it turned out that Tony Robbins was doing an event in China, in Shanghai, and I was going over as a logistics person. So I actually did go get to visit the place where the books, I mean, talk about just everything falling into place. Anyway, I did the book and there were about seven books in every target. They were in there for two weeks. And if your books don't sell, you have to buy your books back. If the books are damaged, you have to buy the book, you know, you have to get the books back. And i and like I said, there was about, and it was only in there for a couple of weeks and I would go to this one store here in Las Vegas. It's actually this really cool store. And every time I go in there, um, I was wearing this bracelet because I took a class with the kids called spirituality for kids. And we wore a red string, which was like our friendship bracelet with God. And I, every time I go in there, this guy was like, Oh gosh, I don't like you ball. I'm like, dude, I get it. It's just a class we did called spirituality for kids. And so this one day I was going to go buy these bookshelves I'm in a great mood. I'd done my I am statements. I'm like, you know, rocking. I'm ready to go. And I walk up to the counter. I see this guy's working. And I'm like, oh, man, I really don't need this guy to be, you know, make me be in a bad mood. And so I take my watch and I slide it over the red string. And as I'm turning in the coupon to the, the, the ticket to the guy, my red string, I give it to him with my left hand and my red string falls out. And he's like, oh, Kabbalah. I'm like, dude, I get it. I know you don't like Kabbalah, but this is just the spirituality for kids class that we took and I and I look over at his wrist and he had on his forearm and he had a tattoo and I'm like where'd you get that tattoo and he goes I got it at Planet Hollywood or something I go no 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 where did you get that quote he says I don't want to talk about it and if you're always wondering if it's worth it you know would you go for that big dream if I could guarantee you you could save someone's life and just want you to think about that for just a second and I'm like, where'd you get that? And he goes, I don't want to talk about it. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to find out where he got that tattoo. So I said, hey, would you help me carry my bookshelves out to the car? He goes, sure. So we're walking out to the car, and I'm like, so tell me what's up, and what's up with that tattoo? And he goes, well, he goes, I don't make a lot of money here, and half of the money that I make I send back to my family in another country, and I was looking for another job, and I was offered a job. And, you know, we talk now so much about the opioid uh, challenge in our country. And like I said, this was, gosh, how many years ago was this? This was Asher's 12. So this was about 12 years ago. And the opioid crisis was pretty much, you know, getting started. And he goes, um, 
somebody offered me a job selling Oxycontin on the street and he goes, and I was going to make a lot of money. He goes, but I was sitting in the break room going, I don't know, that doesn't really, that isn't really who I am. And he says, so I was sitting there thinking, well, it would be easier for me to check out. And um, he goes, as I was sitting there thinking about how I was going to kill myself, was I going to overdose? Was I going to slip my wrist? Was I going to shoot myself? What was I going to do? He goes, so I was just fit, putting together my plan. He goes, and there were, as I was eating my turkey sandwich, I looked over and there's this book over there because this girl just had a baby that worked here. And it was some mommy book. So I pick up the mommy book and I read this quote. And because of that quote, I didn't kill myself. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so he picks up, so I get to the car, we put the bookshelves in the car. I go, can I ask you a question? And I reach behind Asher's car seat and I grab out the book. I go, is this the book? And he goes, oh my God, why do you have that book? And I'm like, dude, look a little bit closer. And it was a picture of me and the boys. He goes, oh my God. He goes, your book saved my life. And I, you know, once again, you go, is it worth it? That moment, and you would never say, is that worth it to me? I was like, of course it's worth it. He goes, your book saved my life. And I opened the book up. I go, and this is the page you turned to? And he goes, yes. And the quote was, to be a person you're not is to waste the person you are. And I think that the message, hopefully, is that you, you got to stay true to yourself. Um, who you are, what you stand for. Not everybody's going to love you. I can promise you that. You know, that's why there's God knows how many podcasts out there, that, so many books, so many different things that people are doing. Not everybody's going to love you, but you'll find your tribe and you'll find the people that realize who you are and what you stand for and how you can make the world a better place together. And I'm forever grateful to my mom and forever grateful to so many people that said, you got this. I'm grateful for those shitty times of when I grew up and people were nasty to me and told me that they, that I was never going to be able to do certain things. And I did them anyway, not in spite of, but I did it to prove to myself that, I was worthy and that I was enough. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's why I do everything that I do. I don't do it for anybody else. I do it for me. I do it for me because we've got one life and I'm going to, you know, I hope at the end of my life, I'll know that, you know, I used every bit of talent that was given to me and every bit of heart and soul. And uh, I'm so grateful, so grateful to you, Danielle. So that's, that's the story. It's such a good story. I love it. It's amazing. Well, you're incredible. Thanks for letting me interview you. <laughs> Hopefully everybody got tons of value. I know that they will because you have so much to share. And um, I'm sure that they would love to hear more, more personal podcasts from you as well moving forward. All right, my love. I thank you so much. Remember to always stay true to the amazing person that you are. All right. Is there a mom in your life that you would love to celebrate? Go to laurenlahav.com. That's L-O-R-E-N-L-A-H-A-V.com and check out the mom box for moms of all ages. Use code STAYTRUE for your podcast subscriber discount.